Hi everyone, this is Alicia Halliday and this is the ASF Weekly Science Podcast. Gastrointestinal problems, including diarrhea and constipation, as well as pain, have been shown time and time again to be associated with autism. Now, thanks to the Autism Speaks Autism Treatment Network, clinicians have guidelines on how to identify them and treat them. There's a wide range in the prevalence of GI issues, the range mostly having to do with who you ask and how you ask in people with autism. But it's at least a 20% rate. So what's going on? Well, for one, there could be a shared genetic cause of autism and GI problems or shared genetic and environmental factors. At different ages, those with autism and GI issues tend to show more psychiatric comorbidities and higher aggression, repetitive behavior, and self-injury. And on average, as GI symptoms go up, so do autism severity. So they really seem to go hand in hand. However, previous studies haven't really looked how GI symptoms can affect comorbidities like internalizing behaviors such as anxiety and depression and externalizing behaviors like aggression and rule breaking. These are elevated in ASD, but are GI symptoms also related to them? Researchers at the University of Washington have used the well-characterized Simon Simplex collection with existing data on all things they wanted to measure, as well as genetic profiling of those families, to understand this link. ASF SAB member Rafe Bernier and his colleagues found that GI symptoms help explain why some people experience these symptoms and why some people with autism did not. They also found some other interesting patterns. Psychiatric difficulties were associated with higher autism symptoms, but also higher verbal IQ scores and lower adaptive skills. However, higher levels of externalizing and self-interest behavior were both associated with having lower nonverbal IQ. And as you can imagine, there were differences across ages. The author suggests that there are more similarities in younger children, but differences in things like depression, anxiety, ADHD, and aggression become more apparent in older children and adults, and they start to diverge. This means that different factors may be at play for children versus adolescents and adults in some of these comorbid psychiatric symptoms. Most importantly from these findings, treating GI symptoms may help these internalizing and externalizing psychiatric issues in people with autism. The authors point out it would be great to get longitudinal studies of people rather than looking at different people at different ages to see how one predicts the other. Now, one of the hottest topics right now in autism research is what causes these GI problems and how to treat them. I mentioned genetic and environmental factors, but there's also something that's received a lot of attention recently, and that's the microbiome. Now, the gastrointestinal system has bacteria in it, and I know that seems gross, but it's perfectly normal. And more and more research is showing that this bacteria is altered in people with autism. This colony of bacteria is collectively called the microbiome. The bacteria create their own colonies and help break down food and support the organs around digestion and GI function. There are good bacteria in the GI tract and there are bad bacteria like E. coli, which is what causes food poisoning. This family of bacteria in the gut, again, is called the microbiome, and researchers in China, not just one group, but multiple groups, have been publishing about it in children with autism. And it's not just about whether or not there are GI issues in people with autism, but what is the bi-directional interaction between the brain and the gut? Now, I hate the word gut, but apparently it is a scientific term to describe the entire gastrointestinal tract, including liver, pancreas, and the organs from the chest to the hips. 
Sorry, it's the term they use. And I don't want to completely deviate from what's in the literature. So gut. Get you- there can be lots of different mechanisms. It's not just like a single cable line or anything. The links are around the nerves to and from the brain and the gut, messaging through the immune system and the metabolic pathways, including mitochondria. This bacteria colony in the gut can disrupt a number of factors. So what is the microbiome got to do with autism? If GI symptoms are related to the microbiome and people with autism have more GI symptoms, then it's pretty obvious that maybe researchers should be studying the microbiome in autism. There's data in schizophrenia, depression, and Parkinson's disease, which are all brain-based disorders, that they have differences in the microbiome, so there's proof of concept. There's at least preliminary evidence in, guess what, Caucasian people, and let's face it, probably men, that there are many different types of bacteria in the gut as part of the microbiome, and that there are differences in people with autism. Now, there are so many different types of bacteria in the gut as part of the microbiome that it's a statistical and biomarker headache to separate them all out, but here are some sample results. They can be reported in terms of total amounts or ratios of other bacteria. Sometimes the data show differences in autism, but not necessarily the same patterns. Clearly, diet has a big influence on the microbiome, so it's difficult to address this in studies unless you take one study and compare all the different people from all the different diets. For example, Clostridium seems to be increased in autism, and Bifidobacterium are decreased. More research in molecular biology needs to be done to see what these functions are of these different bacteria. And also, to be fair, back to the heterogeneity issue, not just in autism but in GI disturbances, it may seem like a hopeless task. But don't worry, scientists are not giving up. They're still studying it. So I talked about two new studies this week that looked at the microbiome in autism in China. That's great because it represents a different population, not white people. And you can also get two different independent studies from the same country. Now, one of these studies showed differences in those with autism in a bacteria called Bacteriodetes, which is also seen in other countries. But Chinese kids had an increase, while in other studies there seemed to be a decrease, probably because of diet. But it wasn't all about differences with other studies. Consistent with other studies from different areas of the world, there was an increase in Vianella and a decrease in Streptococcus and Escherichia. You recognize that word, Streptococcus? Yes, it's strep, but not the same type of strep seen in strep throat. So more than the names of these bacteria, just like the names of genes found in people with autism, it's their function that matters. Researchers have found a non-significant decrease, but still a decrease in types of bacteria that make two enzymes called lactate and butyrate. These enzymes control a large number of biological processes all the way from inflammation to oxidative stress. Now, looking at the bacteria from a genetic perspective, there's also a decrease in bacterial gene function in categories including amino acid metabolism, bacterial chemotaxis, RNA transport, and porphyrin and chlorophyll metabolism genes. Now, I mentioned the immune system, and while it's just one function of the microbiome, it's an important one when it comes to autism. Another study in China looked at the microbiomes not just in terms of the numbers, but their immune properties. And of interest, they compared microbiomes of kids with autism with and without GI issues to each other and to those without autism. And they also did a comparison between males and females, thank you very much. 
I will say here that the biological assay they perform is very complicated and very sophisticated, but very comprehensive. And like Forrest Gump, that's all I'm going to say about that. I will put the link to the study in the podcast summary, so as usual, you can read more. Now, in that study, based on the abundance and composition of the immune properties of the microbiome, those with autism and those without autism can be differentiated from each other. That doesn't mean it's a biomarker of autism, but that the groups were pretty far apart, relatively speaking. There were no differences in a particular chemokine or immune chemical in the stool of children with autism and controls, although there were differences between the two autism groups. Those with GI issues had higher levels of stool, IgA, compared to those with autism without GI issues. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, since this information is coming from the gut, the only way to measure the microbiome is through looking at poop. There were no differences between boys and girls, but boys did have a higher diversity in the immune factors in the microbiome, meaning the numbers and the types were all over the place compared to girls, or different types of microbiome were much smaller in girls. Also, out of all the immune markers in the microbiome that, see, that investigators were looking at, they found 34, which seems like a lot, but really isn't given that they started with half a million, that were different in kids with autism versus those without a diagnosis. Most of them were reduced and associated with an increase in high IgA levels. Of the ones that were upregulated and increased, they have links to cancer. Of the ones that were reduced, there were a couple that were related to toxoplasmosis and herpes, which are two things that have been associated with autism. Now, since maternal infection is related to autism, it's actually more important here to look at the differences rather than the direction of the differences to compare. The fact that they were reduced doesn't necessarily mean that people with autism are less likely to be exposed to immune system dysfunction. The investigators noted that in their next study, they're going to compare the blood samples with the stool samples to look at the function of the different microbiomes and whether they're associated with the function of genes in those same individuals. Do you want to learn more about the microbiome and autism? This is a popular topic, and we've invited Sarkis Mismanian, who is really one of the world's experts in this topic, to speak at the ASF Day of Learning next spring. You are all invited. Feel free to email me questions about this podcast, but don't get your expectations too high if you have anything to ask about the specific function, the genus or species, or any of these tiny bacteria. So what does this all mean? Well, it means that the gastrointestinal system is linked to not just autism, but psychiatric comorbidities like internalizing depression, anxiety, ADHD, and externalizing like aggression and self-injury. It also shows that the GI issues could be caused in addition to gene environment interactions or by sharing similar gene environment interactions to the microbiome, which is the colony of bacteria in the gut. And that there are, in fact, differences that can be seen not just in white people, but in people of different cultures and different diets. And on that note, I want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Talk to you next week.